Shalom, and thank you for listening to Beit Zayit Messages. If you enjoy this teaching, consider joining us Saturday mornings at 10 a.m. at 465 Lee Highway in Verona, Virginia, for our morning Shabbat services. Or watch the service live stream on YouTube, Facebook, or on our website at BeitZayit.org live. May the Father bless you richly through the hearing of his word. All right, we'll go ahead and have Bruce come on up. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Well, Shabbat Shalom and Hag Sameach. Uh, it's funny, I've had a, a bit of a song stuck in my head all week. And uh, it's not really for Sukkot, but then, then it is. Uh, but traditionally, you don't think of it. It's, it's just a, a great time of the year, right? It's the most wonderful time of the year. And you know what? It's true. This is the most wonderful time of the year. I mean, I'm not trying to put any other times down. It's just, it's just an amazing time. Uh, we've been through some hard times, some hard stuff, lots of work, lots of uh, introspection, uh, afflicting ourselves. And, um, and, but here we are. It's the code. And what do we think about Sukkot? We think about Yeshua. He's coming back. We think about uh, uh, tabernacling or dwelling with the Lord. So to me, yeah, it is the most wonderful time of the year. So maybe we'll take that song back, but we're going to have to change a bunch of other lyrics if we do that. But anyway, so yeah, Sukkot is a great time of rejoicing. Uh, I mean, we're looking forward to the literal, not theoretical, I think Dan touched on this, the literal physical dwelling of Messiah Yeshua among us for a thousand years, and also the world to come. It doesn't end with the thousand years. It changes, but it doesn't end. And I think uh, we've touched on this, but just a reminder, you've got three major holidays, appointed times, um, in the uh, first 19 days of the biblical month of Tishrei. That's you know, September, October-ish. Rosh Hashanah, Yom Kippur, and the eight days of Sukkot. Um, and uh, Sukkot is one of the three pilgrimage festivals where Jews were, were to go to Jerusalem. So you have Passover, uh, Pesach, Pentecost, uh, Sukkot. Uh, so here we are. Uh, Leviticus 23 teaches that Sukkot was to be after the latter harvest, or the fall harvest. And incidentally, just fun facts about Sukkot, or at least fun uh, theories about Sukkot, at, at best, at minimum, uh, it's widely believed that the Puritan colonists, who were, apparently were great students of the Hebrew Scriptures, um, they based the first American Thanksgiving on the principles of Sukkot. So there you go. Uh, another aside I couldn't resist, I think Bill mentioned this this morning, you know, uh, no one knows for sure. We will know one day. It may not matter that one day, but uh, Yeshua was quite possibly born during Sukkot. And he would have been possibly circumcised on Shemini Atzeret, the eighth day. Um, and, of course, in Israel, Simchat Torah is on that same day. Simchat Torah, rejoicing with, of, in the Torah. Uh, so, uh, again, thinking about Yeshua, I don't think I put this scripture up here yet, guys, but I'll read it to you. Matthew five seventeen. Remember, Yeshua said, Don't think that I've come to abolish the Torah or the prophets. I have not come to abolish, but to complete. So that means a lot of things, but just remember that Yeshua was keeping the Torah. 
It was the most wonderful time of the year, maybe for him too, Sukkot, right? He was participating in Sukkot. So it wasn't him separate from, above. He wasn't above at all. He was participating in God's appointed times, including Sukkot. So, um, let's see, where, where did I go? Um, so, a, a big part of this holy day, uh, yeah, go to Jerusalem, but the, a big part in what we think of is the command to dwell in temporary structures, a.k.a. Uh, sukkahs uh, or booths, uh, huts. Um, if you, you know, I'm not a builder, so you'll know that it's temporary when I get my hands on it, right? So that's okay, though, because that's, that's what we're supposed to do. Uh, and it reminds us, we know from the Torah that God dwelt with his people in their 40-year wilderness wanderings. And some of these scriptures, I... I Maybe put too much in there. I know we reviewed them, but you know, part of uh, of this is um, yeah. I, I know we have full access to the scriptures all the time, but this is a day to read scripture, right? So bear with me as we read through it, we repeat it, we turn it over, we think about it some more. Uh, maybe only a little sticks. That's how my brain works, but it's it's good to repeat. So Leviticus twenty three, and I'm going to go thirty three through forty four. So it's it's a bit. But uh, Adonai said to Moshe, "Tell the people of Israel." On the fifteenth day of the seventh month is the feast of Sukkot for seven days to Adonai. On the first day, there is to be a holy convocation. Here we are. It, by chance, it, it overlaps this year, right? Do not do any kind of ordinary work. For seven days, you are to bring an offering made by fire to Adonai. On the eighth day, you are to have another holy convocation and bring an offering made by fire to Adonai. So, we don't have a temple to bring an offering made by fire, but... Again, Sadaka, right? And I think we read through it. You know, it's like, yeah, you have your regular giving, but these are special times. So, um, it is a day of public assembly. Check, we're doing it. Good job, guys. We're getting together. Do not do any kind of ordinary work. These are the designated times of Adonai that you are to proclaim as holy convocations and bring an offering made by fire to Adonai a burnt offering, a grain offering, a sacrifice, and drink offerings each on its own day. Besides the Shabbats of Adonai, your gifts, all your vows, and all your voluntary offerings that you give to Adonai. But on the 15th day of the seventh month, when you have gathered the produce of the land, you are to observe the festival of Adonai seven days. The first day is to be a complete rest. The eighth day is to be a complete rest. On the first day, you are to take choice fruit, palm fronds, thick branches, and river willows, and for, for those of us who ordered our, you know, lulavs, I mean, yeah, they're very specific. It's kind of been uh, narrowed down, but, you know, um, uh, to some very specific traditional things. But here, here's what the Bible says to do, right? Uh, it, gets, it doesn't get a lot of specific things, too. So you've you got to allow some, some room for saying traditions of man are valid, right? Uh, is, it, is it the word of God? It may not be the word of God, but it's like, hey, we, we've only got so much to go on here, right? Uh, as long as I'm dragging this reading out, it's still only not, it's not that much information. So, so allow each other a little grace, right? We're learning, uh, but uh, don't, let's not whack each other with our lulavs, you know? So I guess that's what I'm trying to say. We're learning, we're learning. Uh, uh, celebrate, the, the main point, celebrate in the presence of Adonai your God for seven days. I mean, to me, that's what it is. It's, it, it is a celebration. It's a time of joy. You are to observe it as a feast to Adonai seven days in the year. It is a permanent regulation. 
It's not part-time. It's not for a little time. It's not for even for a long time. It's forever. Um, generation after generation, keep it in the seventh month. You are to live in Sukkot for seven days. Every citizen of Israel is to live in a sukkah. So that generation after generation, so that generation after generation of you will know that I made the people of Israel live in Sukkot when I brought them out of the land of Egypt. So it's a memorial. You know, apparently it was a big deal to bring the people out of the land of Egypt, right? Yeah, God talks about it a lot. He wants us to remember it. It testifies to his goodness, to his power, to his strength. So, um, it, again, we, we look at the messianic meaning, but it, it does, we, and we need to not forget that it's a memorial. It, it reminds us of what God has done in the past as well. Uh, I am Adonai, your God. Thus Moshe announced to the people of Israel the designated times of Adonai. Uh, this probably was, and, and we're going to be doing the uh, unrolling the scroll this year, but I'm thinking this came from this. Uh, traditionally, the, the Hillel Psalms, which are Psalms 113 uh, through Psalms uh, 118, were chanted in processions leading to the temple. So including Psalm 118, which will sound very familiar to a lot of us. The very rock that the builders rejected has become the cornerstone. This has come from Adonai, and in our eyes it is amazing. This is the day Adonai has made, a day for us to rejoice and be glad. Please, Adonai, save us. Please, Adonai, rescue us. Blessed is he who comes in the name of Adonai, Baruch Habah B'Shem Adonai. We bless you from the house of Adonai. Adonai is God, and he gives us light. Join in the pilgrim festival with branches all the way to the horns of the altar, you are my God, and I thank you. You are my God, I exalt you. Give thanks to Adonai, for he is good, for his grace continues forever. Amen. So, think about it. You know, there, there, I'm sure it had a better flow when it was uh, in, in the language, language it was intended, but still, just like, wow, that's great, you know, and, and I'm thinking thousands upon thousands and upon thousands of people in this long procession. It had to be pretty impressive, and and it will be pretty impressive, right, when it, when it happens again uh, in the Messianic era, right, um, in the world to come. So, uh, so we see some of the imagery of Sukkot also in the New Testament, the Brit Hadashah, uh, talking about, uh, you know, God dwelling with us. So John 1, 14, uh, the word became a human being and lived or dwelled with us. And we saw his Shekinah and the Shekinah of the Father's only Son, full of grace and truth. Uh, there's a tradition recorded in the Talmud uh, from the Second Temple period. Uh, the tradition was to take a picture of water, living water, water that's flowing, right? Not some stinky, algae, you know, puddle, right? Uh, some living, fresh water from the Pool of Siloam. Carry it back to the temple in a huge procession. Again, while chanting the Psalms, 113 through 118. Uh, and then they would pour it out on the altar on the seventh day. Uh, and if you remember, uh, again, Yeshua kept the whole Torah. Uh, he was required to make this pilgrimage feast, but he sent his uh, uh, disciples on ahead of him, and he came separately in one, this one year. Uh, and so it's like, well, did Yeshua break the Torah? No. He did go, but he went separate 
I'm guessing because he didn't want to draw a lot of attention to himself. He was wanting to go. But when you have a big entourage, people are going to notice, right? So he had come separately and secretly to Jerusalem without his disciples. And remember, the culmination of this ceremony was the water being poured out on the altar. And suddenly, here's Yeshua. Yeshua boldly proclaims, Do you truly want the living waters of the Holy Spirit? Does anyone understand the true significance of this ceremony? Uh, John 7, 37 through 39. Now on the last day of the festival, Hoshana Rabbah, Yeshua stood and cried out, If anyone is thirsty, let him keep coming to me and drinking. Whoever puts his trust in me, as the scripture says, rivers of living water will flow from his inmost being. Now he said this about the spirit whom those who trusted in him were to receive later. The spirit had not yet been given because Yeshua had not yet been glorified. So I think that's pretty, pretty neat. And, and again, sometimes you feel like, man, this, this stuff just, I get bogged down in the mud and there's just too many details. And now you're talking about the Talmud and these different things. But it, it, it kind of helps weave it together, not in a false sense, but in like, yeah, okay, they're talking about here's an actual ceremony, right? And that puts meat on the bones of, hey, Yeshua was doing this specific thing, talking about the water, when here we have this documented tradition of pouring out the water. So uh, anyway, I thought that was neat. Uh, some verses associated with the prophetic fulfillment of Sukkot, and we might have already touched on these, but uh, some of them anyway. Revelation 21, 1 through 3. Uh, then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the old heaven and the old earth had passed away, and the sea was no longer there. Also, I saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared like a bride beautifully dressed for her husband. I heard a loud voice from the throne say, See, God's Shekinah is with mankind, and he will live or dwell with them. They will be his people, and he himself, God with them, will be their God. Again, tying it to remember the father dwelled with the people for 40 years in the desert. He wasn't far away. Now, remember, you go back, you know, the people had messed up, and God's like, I'm going to send somebody else with you, because if I hang out with you guys, I'm just going to, can't, I can't take it, right? <laughs> I can see the father, you know, like the earthly father, but, but no, he did. Moses prevailed, and the father didn't send someone else as a representative to go with the people. He himself came. Uh, the pillar of fire, the cloud, he stayed with them for 40 years. Uh, so also, uh, pointing to, or going back to the, uh, the Babylonian exile, uh, when the people, uh, peoples will rebuild Jerusalem and, and the temple, uh, excuse me, let me, who wrote this thing? <laughs> uh, you, you have the exile, so uh, the Babylonian exile, well, then they're coming back and they're trying to rebuild, right? And remember, it didn't go very fast or very well. It's kind of slow and choppy, you know. Uh, so, uh, and again, let me find a place. I don't know who wrote this, these notes. Uh, but uh, Zechariah, he prophesied, reminding the people that what they were doing and attempting to do wasn't just for that generation, right? Okay, I finally got it out. That's what I was trying to, the point I was trying to make. Yes, they were doing it. They were the physically doing it. It was also for their benefit, but it would be a, a lasting benefit. And um, uh, there, there would be times in the future where, uh, again, these walls, these, this special place would mean something. 
Zechariah 14, 16 through 19. Finally, everyone remaining from all the nations that came to attack Jerusalem will go up every year to worship the king, Adonai Sevaod, and keep the festival of Sukkot. Uh, if any of the, and again, we read this already, but we'll learn it some more. If any of the families of the earth does not go up to Jerusalem to worship the king, Adonai Sevaod, no rain will fall on them. If the, you know, I got some, I know I'm dragging it out, guys, but I, I tried to have a garden. And everything is this big this year because it didn't rain. And you feel like, oh, and my well's not strong enough to water, so I can't keep it green. I can't keep it growing. I'm 100% reliant on and God providing the rain. So if it doesn't rain, it's a big deal. Um, so no rain will fall on them. If the family of Egypt doesn't go up, if they refuse to come, they will have no annual overflow from the Nile. Moreover, there will be a plague with which Adonai will strike the nations that don't go up to keep the festival of Sukkot. Strike the nations that don't go up to keep the festival of Sukkot. And uh, again, trying to separate, you know, we try to separate that out. Sukkot is one of God's appointed times. The nations are not separated, not immune from, not walled off from God's appointed times, right? Um. This will be Egypt's punishment and the punishment of all the nations that don't go up to keep the festival of Sukkot. So, the Sukkot stuff is, you may think, it's not really for me, but, but it really it is. We keep reading these scriptures that it is. Uh, sort of like when they were rebuilding the walls. It was for them then, but also it pointed to the future as well. So, uh, I think Dan talked about it. You know, we're, we're practicing, we're anticipating Yes, there's joy right now, but man, there's going to be great joy when Yeshua comes. And we want to practice. We want to be ready. We want to be somewhat familiar. Is it going to look different when Yeshua comes back? Probably. You know, probably you've got a lot of details not quite right, uh, things like that. But still, it's the spirit. It's the joy of the season. It's, uh, uh, it's good. And we want to start now. We don't want to wait another year or 10 years or 1,000 years. Let's do it now. So, I think in closing, maybe closing, yeah, we need to re rediscover our own spiritual heritage, reclaim your spiritual identity, whether you're a Jew or grafted in Gentile. And remember, Sukkot celebrates the Messiah who once tabernacled with us, among us, now within us, in his spirit, and in the future will again tabernacle among us. And in that day, all nations will ascend to his throne in a literal physical Jerusalem in order to celebrate this festival right here, right now, Sukkot. So, Shabbat Shalom and Hag Sukkot Sameach. Again, thanks for joining us for the Beit Eat Messages podcast. This podcast is an extension of Beit Eat Messianic Congregation a group of Jews and Gentiles, one in Messiah, currently meeting in Verona, Virginia. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe and leave a review, along with a five-star rating, or give us a thumbs up, wherever you're listening from. If you're interested in learning more about the Creator and His Word from a Messianic Jewish perspective, check out our website at BaitSaiE.org for helpful resources and more information. Until next time, Shalom.